Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, mindset and media strategist, speaker and author on gratitude. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this unapologetically authentic and soul-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, and fulfillment. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I am really excited for today's guest. This is a beautiful soul who is doing so much good on the planet. She is incredible, Sarah Prout. My goodness, she is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and best-selling author of Dear Universe, 200 Mini Meditations for Instant Manifestations. Guys, 10 years ago, Sarah walked away from an extremely abusive relationship with two suitcases, two small children, and $30,000 in debt. Today, she's happily married, running a million-dollar business, and helping people around the world achieve the life of their dreams. She credits her success to manifesting and to the law of attraction, beliefs that thinking positive or negative thoughts attract positive or negative experiences into your life. Her message is simple. When you choose to guide your emotions, the universe will show up and support you to find success, love, and more. And now 10 days ago, if you're listening in real time, this is April 29th, 2019, and this will come out a little after that, but she also released a video on Goalcast that went viral, nearly 30 million views in 10 days time. And the topic of that was how to survive an imperfect relationship, which she weaves in all of the beautiful nuggets of manifesting and the law of attraction principles. And it was a way to really get to a larger audience around the world. And boy, was she smart about that. And so what I love about this conversation is that we unpack where she was, where she is, the impact of the video going viral, the impact of Dear Universe hitting bookshelves and becoming another huge bestseller of hers the relationship that she's in with her husband, the love of her life, and their two now small children. And we also, you're going to love this, talk about how to go from being single, feeling like you're doing everything that you should be doing, right? You might be living on purpose. You're, you know, you've got drive, you're healthy, you're, you know, you are responsible for your own life, but yet there's still this big fundamental piece that you like to have in your life called relationship and a divine relationship, soulmate relationship, the love of your life. And because I'm currently single and I'm definitely part of that tribe, and I know so many of you are as well, we also spend a good portion of this time talking about how to manifest the love of your life. And it's such a great conversation and she unpacks some pretty basic things that you're going to be able to apply to your life. They're actionable things, you guys. And it's so profoundly simple. You're going to be blown away. I can't wait for you to listen into this conversation. Sarah Prout is a gorgeous force for good inside and out. And by the way, don't forget to check out the show notes, pick up to your universe. I'll put that link up there. Check out her website. Definitely check out Goldcast and her husband and all that they're up to. It'll be right there in the show notes. So you don't have to worry about anything. Just click there, 
Can't wait to hear what resonates and definitely follow hashtag Dear Universe on social media to see all of the tens of thousands of testimonials and tributes to this beautiful book and the vision that she's now made manifest in the world. And she's just getting started. Without further ado, please meet Sarah Prout. Well, Sarah Prout, welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I am so honored to have a moment with you. Thank you so much for having me here, Michelle. I'm so excited to talk to you. It feels like an absolute honor, and I have to give credit where credit is due because our mutual friend, we have many mutual friends, but our mutual friend, James Grimma, made this introduction just a few weeks back, and boom, I manifested this so fast. (laughs) I know. I love love James. It was a great introduction to make, and then we discovered how many different mutual friends we actually do have. And like really good people. You know, sometimes you have a bunch of mutual friends. You're like, oh, that's from like two lifetimes ago. But these are like current, (laughs) juicy, self-aware, conscious, beautiful souls all wanting to make a difference in the world like you. So I I couldn't be more thrilled. I've been waiting for this conversation. (laughs) So my friend, a lot has happened since we even first connected a few weeks ago for the first time, even though I feel like I've known you forever because I have been following you in social. I've been reposting some of your amazing quotes. been living by some of your quotes and obviously reading your books, including your latest, but there's a lot that's shifted for you in just the last couple of weeks. Dear Universe, hit the stands. How has life changed since that's happened? Oh, that's a really good question. (laughs) I think I'm all about impact. And so seeing how this book is beginning to change people's lives Mm. is really, really exciting to me because I love the photos that come in on social media of mm. people that tag me and say, hey, this this page, this mini meditation inside the book has changed everything for me. So it's just those tiny little ideas that can make the biggest difference. It's so true. And people always think they need to go so grand and so big or be someone's 20 years of success in one minute. And so I yeah. love that you just highlighted that right from the front because this is going to be a session on manifestation. Let's just be clear. <laughs> so the book, for anyone who hasn't picked it up, and y'all know I've been sharing it everywhere, but it's Dear Universe, 200 mini meditations for instant manifestations. And what I love about the book, Sarah, not only is it just so beautiful and it feels like a just such a dear, sweet friend. Every time I open it and I get exactly what I need, I'll just then close it, put it on my heart and just take some breaths and just, ah, yes. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. That's exactly how I intended for it to be used. Oh, that, that it could be like so that friend, that friend that you can just open at any time or call. It's right there in book form. So I wanted people to have a resource that they can turn to any time of the day. And so, and that's how I use the book. So I want to talk about how the book is is broken up into because it's two parts. Can you break that down for a moment? Sure. So there are 200 mini meditations for instant manifestations. Mm. And the first section invites you to tune into how you're feeling. So no matter what you're feeling, it's a fear-based section. So if you're feeling anxious, lonely, or depressed, Mm -hmm. it allows the sacred space for you to just feel however you want to feel in that moment, however it's showing up. And then it invites you to move to a loved-based mini meditation. So something better to aim for. So if you're feeling depressed, lonely, sad, or anxious, it could point you in the direction of feeling loved or cherished or joyful. So it's really about giving yourself a moment to just feel however you want to feel. And then there's a story to move you through it. And then a connection point to the universe to hand it over to that higher power. 
I love that. So what that means just for my listeners in real time. So the first 100 mini meditations are on that, right? Like whatever you're feeling, just accept it, you know, open up, maybe find the word, or even if you don't know, there'll probably be a perfect word right there to cover anxious, sad, depressed, whatever those words were just now. And then the second 100 meditations are for, like you just said, to launch that into the universe, hand it over you've got this, but just to anchor into the truth of what you might even not know in the moment because you can't grasp it, but you can read it and get a sense of it. Is that fair to say? That's right. You'll find what you need at the exact perfect timing. Which is so cool. And that's what I love. And let's not take away from the last part of the title, which is instant manifestation. And if that just means a lift in your energy or vibration, then that's instant relief, instant progress, which is what I love. Mm, Yeah, that's why I wrote it. And it was really based on my own journey of pushing my feelings down for so many years. Let's talk about that because even though your story is so widely known and and I love, by the way, the new (laughs) Goalcast video that's gone absolutely viral in less than two weeks, what, over 18 million views for anyone listening in real time? Yeah, I think we just hit 26 million in, <laughs> in, in 10 days. So it grows by a couple of million views a day right now. So it's, it's pretty overwhelming. Okay, so I have a question about that. I'm going to circle back in a moment about your story. But sure. so the, the title of the Goalcast video is How to Survive an Imperfect Relationship. What was the thought behind choosing that topic versus tying it into manifesting or dear universe since it all came out about the same time? We had a choice to make. So it was either impact more people or have a more narrow funnel and Mm. connect to the manifestors. So I really thought that I could make a bigger impact and serve a wider audience if I didn't mention manifesting and spirituality and the law of attraction, all of the things that I love, but yet they're still cleverly woven in there. So it was a little bit of a Trojan horse situation. I got it. Yeah. It was less about the tie-in to Dear Universe hitting the book stands as much as it was more of a long-term impact and sustainability that would be a catch-all, more wider, general theme, but yet you get them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) I got it. Well, I mean, the story was powerful. And obviously, for anyone listening, we'll have the link not only to Dear Universe, we can pick a copy up and to everything that Sarah offers, because there's some really cool, powerful stuff and she's been impacting lives for a long time now. But also to the Goldcast video, which at this point, I mean, gosh, by the time this comes out in a couple of weeks, it'll probably like be 50 million views. But it's powerful. I cried. I was moved. And then I would cry again. And then I'm like, how did she do that? I mean, really, like you share the story, but I want to, I want to unpack that a little bit for anyone who's new to your story. What could we give them for the Cliff Notes version? Oh, wow. (laughs) So about 10 years ago, I left 10 years of domestic violence behind me. Mm. So I was about 19 years old when I met a guy who I fell in love with, and it was a very toxic and dysfunctional relationship. And I got pregnant. I lost my first pregnancy. And then I got pregnant again, and we decided to get married. Mm. So there was already the signature signs of violence beginning to emerge. And I just went through it. And then the more time that I spent there feeling powerless, the more I didn't believe that I had a choice. So that's where the emotional suppression comes in, that I wasn't allowing myself to truly get brave, real, raw and honest with myself and go, okay, Sarah, you need to get out of this and you can survive on your own. 
I was under the perception that I needed a man <laughs> to fulfill my needs, to make me happy, to you know pay the bills. And I didn't realize all of this power that I had within me. Mm. So, so when I finally did leave, I left with nothing and I had $30,000 worth of debt, and two children and no clue how I would survive. And so that's the part though, like, because a lot of people can relate and maybe they aren't in an abusive relationship or they're not in debt or have two young children at that young of an age. But how do you go from there to then creating a multi-million dollar business, finding the love of your life on Twitter of all places, which is incredible, <laughs> having, I think you said five failed miscarriages. Yeah. in that relationship. And then two beautiful children that are absolutely miracles because you were told you would never be able to carry baby full term. I mean, it all just seems like, you know, it's a story that's so far fetched. What is at the nucleus of that? And how did you just from the very beginning go from A to B? I am an entrepreneur at the core of my heart and my soul. I have always been creative and resourceful and that I can credit my parents because they're entrepreneurs. And so I knew that I had the skills to create something. And so after I left the marriage, I was always creating different opportunities and connecting with people on social media. That's mm. really where I found my voice. So this was taking it back to 2009, 2010, where Facebook was just starting to gain popularity. Twitter was just about to hit the media. And because I was so lonely, I was just consuming all of this information online about how to start an online course or create an ebook. I mean, simple PDF type things, you know, and I was selling them on eBay. Anything that I could do to hustle that money into my PayPal account, I was doing. <laughs> and it, it became like a game to me. And, and slowly but surely that momentum began to build. And I connected with a guy on Twitter. A guy. <laughs> was interested, a guy, you know, some random guy who was really interested in how I was getting all of these followers. Because back in 2009, 2010, I had about 25,000 followers on Twitter. Wow. And so it started to attract a little bit of attention. And it had all been done organically because I was willing to use my experience and my vulnerability there to connect with people. I mean, that's, that's the beautiful lifeblood of humanity that we share our stories and we connect with people at a much deeper level. And isn't it so true? Because one of the things that I teach is multiple courses on live video mastery. And I always say to them, you think that you've just come in to learn how to convert viewers into whatever programs you have to offer and you're all awesome, want to make an impact, I get it. But what this really is, is it's a course on personal and spiritual transformation. Because when you have the courage to be seen and allow yourself to be vulnerable, then you can create anything. So you're actually, I'm here 10 years later doing this with all my years of direct response and on-air live TV experience under my belt, but it's that same principle that keeps coming up again and again. When we share ourselves authentically, we can create anything, including careers, love mm -hmm. of our life, all of it. But yet, don't you find that people are still so afraid to let themselves truly be seen or heard? Yes. And I believe it's because they're stuck in the story. Mm. They're, stuck, they're stuck in the drama piece that feeds them on some level and they don't want to appear to be negative or they don't want to appear to be not healed. Right? Or less than perfect. Or less than perfect. And especially in this industry, we need to make sure that everything's perfect. Everything's as it should appear. And it's all edited and photoshopped and you know filtered. And you just <laughs> and, let and it rip. Need to be. And I just let it rip and just let it all there. But I'm not attached to the story, so I'm okay to tell the very heartbreaking stories of my journey. But I'm not triggered by it. I've done the healing work around that, so that I can use it as a teaching piece now to facilitate the impact. 
And that's how the do, difference. How do you know you're ready to tell your story? I don't think anybody knows the specific point that they're ready. And I've been telling this story now for the last 10 years in different ways. And I could see now when I first started telling it, it was from the space of victimhood. I was definitely not where I am today. And now I can see that, oh my gosh, I wouldn't be anything that I am today had that not happened. Mm. So it's a gradual progression and removing myself from the story and realizing that we're always in the process of creating new, beautiful narratives. Mm, Beautiful. Someone had said once to me that you're ready to share your story when you can talk about it and you no longer cry. And I thought, huh, well, that's one perspective. And I'm not saying it was like, okay, that's the answer, but it was their perspective. And, and I remember thinking, but sometimes I think the tears is what connects the humanity between us, especially in digital media, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I, some of my most popular downloads right here on this podcast have been when I bared my soul and shared something that I couldn't believe that I was going to share. And then you look back a few weeks later and you're like, I was worried about sharing that. (laughs) So you condition the courage muscle. Yeah. And there's a different way of telling the story and looking back at that time frame. So when I was recording the Goldcast video, it was about two and a half hours of footage for the six minute video. Yes. And they were asking me very leading questions that were so detailed and specified because mm-hmm. I, I had scripted an entire speech and it was nothing like the final product because mm-hmm. the real raw emotion of things that I'd even pushed down and had forgotten about came mm-hmm. up in that moment. And it's like, okay, this is good. <laughs> it's It's time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally get it. Now, how has your life changed or been affected since the Goldcast video came out? Oh, wow. It That's a question really... from James Grimma, by the way. He wanted me to... Uh, okay. Uh, well, what's interesting about that is that it's allowing me to put some skills to practice. And that's being a little bit more thick-skinned because mm. I could read through all of those thousands of comments and take some of them personally, but I choose not to. And I made that decision early on that one negative comment out of hundreds wouldn't allow me to not focus on the impact this is having because it's saving lives. There are women out there and some men that are in these toxic, abusive dynamics that are giving themselves permission to question the possibility of leaving. Mm, Beautiful. And that is where I just know that I'm just so happy that this is doing the work it's meant to do in the world. Absolutely. I love that. And that is the impact that you have every intention of making. And I'm so, so grateful for you. And I honor what you've done because that also on a lot of levels for so many women would take so much courage. And as soon as you shine the light on the pain or the suffering or what once was, then you can give a spark of, okay, well, she could do it. Well, maybe I could do it. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know? that's my intention. Yeah. And then what I think would help everyone to get through this is is picking up Dear Universe. I mean, I want everyone to pick up Dear Universe because even if you don't know the answers, guys, like this is a way to just open up and just give you a spark of a possibility of like a place to lean into, especially that second half of the book of, of the truth, right? With the capital T of the universe has your back. But if someone is not familiar with the law of attraction language or the rhetoric that we are even using in this, in this conversation, where do they begin? The awareness that your energy and your emotions are what creates your reality. Mm. So we we can step aside from the manifesting stuff, law of attraction stuff, and just go, okay, so every reaction I have has a ripple effect into the rest of my life. Mm. So I can either choose to approach my current situation with fear, or I can choose to approach it with love. I mean, there's always a choice and there is no wrong choice. So if you choose to go down the pathway of fear and 
you're having doubts or fear or anxiety, it all serves a purpose to get you from where you are now to where you are in the process of ending up. And it's all beautiful. <laughs> it is so true. It's it's funny because when I opened your book, when I first got it, and you're not going to be surprised by this because I think you get it. You're like, you remind me of my friend, Jason Goldberg, half woo, half do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love Jason. I absolutely oh, I know. He's a mutual friend. Oh my God. Yes. He's one of the most popular downloads of this podcast and he's a dear friend. Yes. But so one of my former favorite flavors of suffering had been overwhelm and I don't do it as much anymore. Very, very rarely but it was a practice. But you're, of course, you're, you won't be surprised that when I opened up your book at the first 100 mini meditations, I opened it up to overwhelm. And I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. So I'm going to read what you wrote because I know a lot of people that go into overwhelm as their favorite flavor, even if it's unconscious. And I just love the dear universe part. May I read it, Sarah? Sure. Absolutely. Dear universe, I now breathe in the energy of serenity. I exhale feelings of stress and overwhelm. May I hold the awareness that time is fleeting and the urgency of physical tax is an illusion that I will tend to when I feel a little stronger. So be it. And so it is. And I just thought, ah, mm-hmm. oh. sometimes when I used to look at my to-do list and I would feel like, oh my God, how am I going to get all of that done? And it all felt like it was a crisis. Every little bit felt like a crisis, right? <laughs> Picking up dog food felt like a crisis. Getting that thing done on my website felt like a crisis. And I was like, well, what if I just breathe and then just trust that whatever is the most important thing that needs to get done, will get done. All the rest will be great, be in a bonus, and then that will make me feel like I'm in abundance. And it's, it's been an amazing game changer for me, but this was so beautiful to pick up after I had moved through the bulk of my overwhelm <laughs> feeling, you know? So I invite everyone to get the book because whatever your flavor is, and everyone has a favorite. I mean, you mentioned them earlier, but for some of us, we know what that is. Some of us, we don't, but you'll be pulled and guided to the right antidote, I believe. And then that second half, oh, the graciousness of of you helping to connect us to our maker, to the universe. How do you define what that is in your own words? Oh, so I, I call it the universe. Some people say God or source energy or the force. But this higher power to me is something that animates all it is and, and has ever been. So mm. the, that animating force behind everything. And that when you connect to this, you remember that you are part of this beautiful fabric of oneness and that nobody's alone. Because I feel like loneliness is such a huge epidemic in modern society mm-hmm. that, that we believe that we're connected with people because we might like their Facebook update or we might you know, share something on Instagram. But it's not true connection. But when you remember that we're all connected and that the universe is facilitating the expansion of consciousness through us in our different stories and narratives, then it's just this beautiful form of comfort. Mm. And so for anyone brand new to wanting to connect to what you just described, which sounds so divine, what are some like a basic like hack for lack of a better term to just get in touch with that? Oh, sure. Just asking for signs. <laughs> I know mm. so many people love this. It just becomes like a little game. Like, okay, universe, if you can hear my request right now, send me a sign. I mean, you just have to ask. And then the universe is designed on a system of intention and feedback. So there's always a reaction. And so within usually about 24 hours, most people see a sign. The danger, though, is that when people attach meaning to insignificant signs. Mm. For example? 
that they get too heady about it. And it really needs to be a heart-based intuitive process. Mm. So uh, for me, you know, like we had to make, make these rules in our Facebook group that if one uh, eleven or 11.11 happens on their phone, they don't take a screenshot and they share it because more than likely it happens for a lot of different people throughout the day. And that we need to just be able to find our own signs in our own time and find what means something to us based on our own discernment. Mm-hmm. What does 11.11 mean for you? There's so many different answers to this. Oh, yeah. So for me, it's really uh, 111 because that's my birth date. I was born on the 1st of November. Aww. So I see, I've seen that since I was born, you know, like, a, well, maybe not. Only when I could recognize what numerals meant. But, <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I was like, I can remember being about seven years old and seeing like license plates with 111 and tuning in on that. But for me, it's the reminder from the universe to be present, to pay attention. Like how often do we just drop into the present moment and go, okay, I am here right now. Nothing needs to be taken care of. I'm not in the future because that hasn't happened yet. I'm not in the past because that's behind me. What is happening right now? Mm. And that's so often where you feel refueled with inspiration and motivation for, you know, what's going to unfold in the imminent future. That's so beautiful. I noticed on your relationship video of how you and Sean fell in love and then the day that he proposed and all of that, the numbers one 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 were flashing like his graphics. Yeah. And I was like, oh <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> okay, wait, let's circle back to him because I want to actually have a sure. conversation. There's so many of my listeners that are single females, you know, want to make an impact, have purpose, feel like they're living in their light, you know, and but yet that yeah. that piece is still missing. And I know you must hear this from women all around the world. So we're gonna get into that. And let's face it, I'm single, so why not? But can you let's bridge the gap from where Sean first reached out of like, hey, how did you get all these followers on Twitter? Yeah. How did your relationship go from there to where you are now? That's a really good question. And I just want to point out too that there are lots of single men that feel this way as well. It's not Thank just you the women. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, men, you're not excluded. And yeah. by the way, this is not just a male female or female male. It's it's anyone who's looking to desire manifesting the love of your life and we're going to talk about that in this conversation so I'm super excited. Yeah, so when Sean found me, <laughs> he was, <laughs> he he was just curious. So it was like we started a few tweets, he'd check in and I was like, oh, this is, this is a nice guy. And then I think we moved over to Facebook. He friended me on Facebook. We moved over there. And then from there, we went to email. <laughs> and then from email, we went to Skype. But I was still married at the time when he first connected with me. Mm. And we were, just, we were just friends for a whole year. Like nothing happened. And I could tell that we had a really good connection, but there was nothing romantic about it. Mm. I just thought of him as you know, some guy that was into the same things that I was, you know, a weird combination of law of attraction and internet marketing, which is quite rare rare back then. So we would exchange ideas and we would say things like, oh, we should, you know, write an ebook together one day. And he was doing affiliate marketing and he was trying to get me to send something to my list and I'd keep on refusing. But then (laughs) (laughs) something happened and I remember confiding in him in possibly leaving my husband mm. and Sean was really good at playing devil's advocate and getting me to visualize what a future with my ex-husband would look like mm. versus a future without him on my own. And Sean didn't have an agenda. I mean, I had two kids. I was married. I was, you know, I'm five years older than he is. 
he didn't have any expectations. And then I left and it was probably around a year later, maybe a year and a half later that I was had been on my own for a while. And it was like a light switch went off and we Skyped for the first time. And then about a week later, he got on a plane. He used all of the money that he had in the world mm. to go on a blind date in Australia. He was living in Hollywood to meet this woman on the other side of the world, which is a crazy thing in and of itself. Incredible. <laughs> and uh, I must have been nuts, out of my mind, to let a strange man stay in my apartment. But I, oh, I knew that I... Oh, he stayed with you? Yeah, he got off the plane. <laughs> uh, he didn't have any money for a hotel. I didn't even have a sofa, so I had to buy a sofa for him to sleep on. I didn't even have a refrigerator. or I mean, this was the days where I was really struggling to feed my kids. I was living on less than $10 a day. And how old were your kids at the time? Oh, I think uh, four and nine. Okay, so little <laughs> ones, right? They were Full little. time gigs, yes. And you're yeah. trying to figure out how to launch a business and to make money and to keep a roof over your head on $10 a day. But yet yeah. you've got this spark of interest based on a connection that feels good. So you trusted more of that than you did feeding the fear. Yeah. And I was ready to start dating again. So mm. I, I mean, I wasn't hundred percent ready. I still knew that I had a lot of trauma and pain to process, but I'm like, Oh, you know what, what harm can it be? I love this guy. And we knew that we loved each other before we'd met in person. Mm. Mm. It's just this feeling of connection. And when I picked him up from Brisbane airport, <laughs> I, I uh, it was like, I, I had always known him. It was oh, wow. this feeling of familiarity and I'm like it's you it's you and but we had to be very cautious in front of the kids because I couldn't afford childcare, so they were with me in the car <laughs> during this time and I just had to say oh this is my friend Sean he's from America and we had to just be very subtle about it but during those 11 days it he was he stayed for 11 days the first time that's yes. the longest blind date in history <laughs> it's a long way to fly so we might as well see a bit of Australia <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we, we got on like a house on fire and uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> okay. But so how do you go from now he's got to go back home to Hollywood and yeah. neither one of your financial situations have improved in those 11 days, but you know, you're going to be together. Yes. We knew that we wanted to be together, but we didn't know the how. Right. And that, that's, an that's important what was right there. Yeah. And, and so and, and Sean didn't want to leave America either because he everything that he knew was in America, his family, his friends, his dreams, it all revolved around being in Hollywood because he was a musician and he wanted to do that, even though he had to do internet marketing as a side hustle, but he wasn't making any money. And so when it came, when it came time to come back to Australia, we decided to do a trial three months together and see how much money we could make by creating like a small publishing business. We didn't know how we would do it. We just put up a sales page and perhaps put together a compilation book. And we got a few teachers from The Secret because Sean had connections in the personal development industry. And we, I think we made $80,000 our first year, oh which is crazy. Gosh. Yeah, but it was our, really our forces combined that ultimately led to our success. Totally. Now, so was that he came to Australia for three months? Yes, he okay. did. And in that in that time, we just hustled our butts off to, to get as much money as we could. So then we could prove to the Australian government that our relationship was real and that we had a solid income. So when I called up the welfare office, and this was probably around nine or 10 months into our relationship, I said, you can keep your checks now. It's okay. God, how amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because let's not forget you were on welfare also, right? Like you were just doing everything you could to make ends meet, but yet you you had drive, you had vision, you knew that you were here for more. And and so many people that I know know that about themselves, but they don't take that first step. And what I'm hearing in this, if I can just, you know, put this in a nutshell, is you allowed yourself to be curious and you mm-hmm. just stayed open and you followed what you followed your heart. And you didn't close down like he's younger. He lives in America. He's penniless. Oh, hell no. Like, right? Like so many of us can be like the rules. The rules are so intense that we don't allow for possibility or to follow the curiosity. That's what I'm hearing that you did from the very beginning of this. Yes. And I was so, I want to use a better word than damaged. I was in so much pain after my first marriage that I knew that I needed a very special person that could tolerate the ups and downs of me processing that trauma. Mm. And it wasn't wasn't easy for Sean by any means. A normal, sane person probably would have run 100 miles, but he knew. He knew the vision that we held together. Mm. And he knew that what we had together was so rare. The fact that we, you know, a sense of humor. And I think in any relationship, if you can laugh together, it's so important. God, totally. It's the best, you know, that, that, oh, tra- that, that humor-based attraction. It's great. <laughs> it is. And let's not, let's not forget, I mean, your husband's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He, he is a really? handsome man. Um, I'll put up a link for him. About him. Really? Before, like te- I don't know. Maybe about eight years before I met him, I used to have dreams that he would visit me and give me a hug. Oh wow, Sarah, that's powerful. Yeah, and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd say to my first husband, "I had a dream about him again." You know, I don't even know why I was expressing that, but it was like this person was in my consciousness, and I think that that's the this is the woo-woo part of things mm-hmm. <laughs> that sometimes we are in the process of creating what's in our mind's eye. So and we don't so always powerful. know that we're doing it. So we don't give ourselves credit that we're doing it. That's right. So pay attention to your dreams, people. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. I, I wanted to ask you about dreams. Okay. So we're going to go there, but I want to just not just follow the story for a moment. So now you've, you guys have confirmed that you can cohabitate, you can earn money together, you can build a vision out together, you can fulfill your dreams. But so then when do you decide you, you are going to leave everything you've ever known and your country to move to, I think first you guys came to California, right? No, we came straight to Vegas. So you we've did. been in Vegas. Yeah, we yes. <laughs> ah, okay. So why Vegas? Yeah. Taxes? <laughs> uh, yes, and we got married here. We got married here in 2013. So we have Aww. some very dear dear friends here and we thought, "Oh, Vegas is a good place to live. It's weird. Near the mountains, it's beautiful. Uh, let's just set up shop here." <laughs> so beautiful. it's a very very different life from Australia. Very different life. And let's face it, I mean, it's a good life. I love the trajectory. And again, I'll, I'll share everything in the show notes so you guys can check all this out. But your story is so beautiful visually and like just to see where you were and how much money you made at that time and what that looked like and that lifestyle. And then the beautiful $3 million plus dollar home that you're living in now on land and spaciousness and two more beautiful children and, and creating your legacy together. It's a beautiful thing to witness. And yet it all seems like you know, still for so many people, so unattainable. And so that's why I thought, well, let's just use this time to just talk about manifesting love, whether that be looking for the clues, asking for the signs, you know, getting in connection with the universe, the divine, whatever anyone wants to call that, there are no rules, Mm -hmm. but how do you go from, okay, you feel like you're a good person, you know, you're feeling like you might even be living on purpose or you're going toward that. Like in the, in general, like for example, with me in general, I wake up grateful 
grateful, feeling blessed, feeling very much in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing, which is the biggest blessing of all. I'm good with my family. I'm good with my friends, right? I live in my <laughs> dream location. I'm, I'm living the life of my dreams on so many levels. And yet there's that piece of how do I then just open myself up even more to manifesting the love of my life? And I know because so many people write into me and say, Michelle, what about this though? You know, I'm mm-hmm. producing, I'm providing, I'm creating, I'm, I'm doing so much, but there's this one big piece and I think I want it. And so what I wonder is, is there something there around you think you want it, but maybe you doubt it. And is that what could be stopping it? You have had thousands and thousands of conversations. This is what you do. You're the absolute expert on it. There's no better person to talk to than you than on this topic. What I would highly encourage anybody looking for love is two things, to switch the focus away from themselves. I know that sounds <laughs> like counterproductive or counterintuitive, but the more that you can get out of your comfort zone and out of your general routine, the more you open yourself up to meet somebody in an unconventional way. That's the best way to do it. Oh my because God, I think, awesome. I, I think the market right now is saturated with the dating apps. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but the universe loves to work in mysterious ways. So if you go to perhaps a different dog park than the one that you usually go to, or mm-hmm. you go to a different beach or a different restaurant and you mix things up, you actually place yourself in the, the lottery. <laughs> you, you put more tickets in the lottery, right? I love and then, that. And then secondly, switch and pivot to the awareness that your partner is out there trying to manifest you. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So just imagine for a moment that this perfect person is out there. You are on somebody's vision board. (laughs) They're thinking about you. They are waking up in the the morning wondering where you are. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they're creating space in their closet to welcome you into their reality. Mm. And so when you imagine yourself being the focus of somebody else's manifestation, it actually takes on a different energy than the usual, oh, where's Mr. or Mrs. Right? You know? Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. And then for me, and I know so many of my listeners, we come from a service mindset. I mean, this is obviously all mindset, which is what I love about this topic, manifesting anything. But from service mindset, then it allows me to almost, this is the way I'm hearing it, serve him before we've even met or before we've come together as a couple, because we may have met, who knows, right? Yes. But it's like serving him and his dream and him manifesting his vision. I can get behind that. Yes. I mean, we attract what we're ready for. And so if you use the time as a single person to prepare yourself, then it will actually close the time gap that it takes for that person to show up if they haven't already shown up already. So it's, it's so, it's so fun. <laughs> it is so fun. And what I love about this is that you're proof in the pudding. And the other thing that I want to just, you know, encourage everyone listening to really be reminded of is, is that it may not show up in the package that you thought it should show up, or it may not show up even instantly like that fairy tale Hollywood romance of like, we met and it was love at first sight and he was available and I was available. Like there's so many <laughs> variables. And I love that you mentioned how mysterious the universe is because it's yeah. true. So it's like leaning into the unknown, leaning into the uncertainty, yes? Oh, absolutely. Getting uncomfortable with uncertainty is the point and the key. And the other thing too, Michelle, is that so often people write lists, huge, extensive, detailed lists of how they want their partner to look, what they want them to do, you know, what their energy or their their physical appearance is like. And what that could potentially be doing is that's creating blocks. Mm. around the possibility. So you need to be prepared to break your own rules. Yes, I totally hear that. And um, (laughs) 
then, you know, I mean, it's so funny because I, I mean, like when I go to your website and I was like researching, you know, as I was prepping for this conversation, I heard you talk about though, but do you get specific on the lifestyle that you want to live, but not necessarily mired down in the details of where, how, what, but just an overall general lifestyle. Yes. I, and I believe that the caveat of everything needs to be, you're open to all possibilities. When you can truly open your heart, your mind, your spirit to all possibilities, that's when the universe can work her magic. Mm. So yeah, opening up your heart, opening up your mind, staying curious. Yeah switching up your routine, starting to yeah. think about others first versus yourself of like, what more do I have to do? Like I was literally having a thought this morning as I was showering and shaving my legs and doing my whole thing. I'm like, I wonder if Sarah thinks like, cause so many people have so many different rules on this stuff. No matter what teacher you go to, they've all got these different versions of how to prepare. And some say, you know, of course you have to be ready, but it's like, do you have to be a certain size? Do you have to have a certain income? Do you have to like mm -hmm. live in a certain neighborhood? All these things. And it's like, no, you're saying nope. no. Emotionally, just be open and be curious and throw out all the rules. But, but more importantly, just, you know, just stay really open. Yeah, I would live with Sean in a cardboard box. That's oh, how much I love him. But I had to break my own rules because when I was first single and I was putting my profile on dating sites, I wanted a man who was like 35 to maybe 45 because I would never date a younger man. There's no way in the world I would date a younger man. Mm. And then Sean came along. And when I met Sean, he was 25 years old when he got off that plane. That broke and all how my old rules. were you at the time? I was 30. Okay, so five years younger, right? Yeah. So it was like, if I had have kept to those rules, perhaps the universe wouldn't have presented me with Sean because there was a lesson in me bending those rules. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting because I'll tell you a story about me and I know so many people can relate. Like I had a rule about geography and I'm still just slightly attached, not gonna lie, but I love Santa Monica. <laughs> I love my neighborhood. I live in my dream neighborhood. I go to the bluffs. Yes, probably the same yeah. dog park way too often. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm gonna mix that up this week, I promise. Um, but, and then I had these thoughts of not only does he need to live in California, but he needs to live in LA and not only LA, but the west side of LA because three miles in LA traffic, it could take you an hour. So not not only on the west side of LA, but then he needs to live in Santa Monica. But then Sarah, I got really crazy the last year and a half. I was like, well, it was two and a half years ago. I actually, I want him to be west of Lincoln Boulevard so that, <laughs> and if you know LA at all, it's like a seven block radius. So my last boyfriend, who was my last most serious love, he lived three blocks from me. And Lord knows I stayed with him way longer than I should have because he lived in proximity and because we had all those things in common, right? And I yeah. just think, oh my gosh. So then I got this hit about four months ago. Let that rule go. Let it go. And then the next person I was interested lived in New York and you know that didn't go anywhere. But I was like, oh, okay. Because what would we do for love? Anything. You just said it. I would live in a cardboard box with my husband, you yeah. know? And so, and that is like true love. Granted, you guys are <laughs> God willing anytime soon, but, but I just want to stay so open and, and that's where I am. But then there's still this piece of like, how come, cause I don't want to do the dating app thing. And I know a lot of people don't want to do the dating app thing. We don't even have the time, but it's yeah. like, how do then we just like, okay, I'll shake it up a little, you know, and I promise to stay open, but, but then what else, Sarah, <laughs> what else can okay. I do? How about creating space in your house? Oh, that's a good one. So what I love to encourage my students to do is perhaps get a second coffee mug that you buy specifically for your beloved. Mm. And every morning when you make your coffee, 
you visualize that you are making double the amount and you're making your lover a cup of coffee. Oh, that's beautiful. So it's like a ritual call out to the universe. Come and have your coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And the closet you mentioned earlier, like maybe clearing out the closet. Mm -hmm. Clearing out space in the closet. Yep. Yeah. I remember I did that like about four months ago. I just come out of a Tony Robbins date with destiny for the second time. And that was when I got the big aha that like geography, I am so specific and my rules are so intense. <laughs> like, oh my God, the universe has to work way too hard for this, you know? And I came home and I cleaned out the closet and I still, there's nothing hanging on that whole side, but now I filled it up <laughs> in the bottom. It's filled up so high from the bottom that like, I may as well be hanging clothes. So I got to go back in there. And do some <laughs> okay. I will do yep. that. This is such a good conversation. I love this because who doesn't want more love and more abundance? But I do believe that the same rules apply for the abundance. It's like just staying open and following the leads of curiosity, asking the universe to show you signs, paying attention to your dreams. What are a few things that we can look for in our dreams so that we know we're on the right track and that it's in alignment with our highest and best good and we're not in our heads? Well, I believe that our dreams are our way of filtering out our subconscious mind. Mm. So, of course, we're going to have a lot of dreams of the past or, you know, situations that we may have had during childhood. But if you get into the habit of asking the universe before you put your head on the pillow at night, send me a dream of my beloved and see what happens. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so simple. Why do we forget to do those things? (laughs) I don't know. Because we've got, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's one more thing I have to say. And this is the overarching, this is the key to everything, is that you need to take responsibility for your own happiness, that this person will not complete you. Mm. That's beautiful. It's funny that I just watched Jerry Maguire two times over the Easter holiday weekend. I was traveling with my sister in Big Sur and we were in this cute little quaint hotel and you could literally check out a DVD and put it in an old DVD player. I mean, I was like, I hadn't seen one of these in like six years. Anyway, and we were like, oh, let's watch Jerry Maguire. We watched it in the hotel room like really early with the fireplace going and it was so cute, my sister and I. I came home and I had to watch it again, not because of the you complete me phrase that messed up so many women and men all over. <laughs> But So I totally hear you. But because what that whole movie really illustrated was that live from the highest version of your heart, right? Listen to your heart, which I think is also the universe always in, I think it's a partnership with you, but we just get in our heads and we get in our own way all the time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because here's the thing, if you're open to all possibilities from the space of surrender, Mm. so just giving up, maybe not looking so hard. Mm. it's like if you've ever uh, not been able to think of a word, the tip of the tongue phenomena, mm-hmm. you know, where you can't think of somebody's name or a place or the name of a restaurant and then you forget about it. And then all of a sudden it, you know, it springs to your mind in the middle of the night. And you're like, yes, it was this. That's how manifesting works. That surrender is the vital ingredient. So when we're not obsessing, we're not creating resistance around it, mm-hmm. but when we're fully, fully present in the moment and seeking joy and how we can fill our, hearts up and our lives up a little bit more, then we're not thinking about the absence of what's missing. Yes. We're we're thinking about what we can add. Totally. And that's what I'm actually, as I'm weaving the dots back together of your story of how you first came across Sean, even through social media, you were filling your heart up and, and keeping your own light fully lit by giving and making an impact in serving in social media, sharing your story, helping others, right? Leading by example, giving others permission to share their stories or to understand there was hope and light. And that's what he was drawn to. Yeah. And I was terrified at the same time. Right. Right. <laughs> like I went, Again, I had no idea. Yeah. Cause I'd been programmed for 10 years to not believe that anybody would love me 
if I left. So I was really swimming upstream. <laughs> I don't know how I, I managed to manifest Sean because I was so traumatized by the abuse, the level of abuse. And, and I didn't believe that I was truly worthy of love. But it was during that time where it was my life and I was in control of my own happiness. I felt so much freedom. I believe that was such magnetic energy for the universe to deliver my man. This has been such a fun conversation. We're yeah. kind of wrapping up, but I want to get a couple of other things in there. Now that Dear Universe has finally come out, your big secret of a year and the biggest, I know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a baby for you. Yes. And then Goldcast <laughs> video hitting nearly 30 million views in 10 days. What is next? What is lighting you up the most right now? Oh, wow. I actually don't know what's next right now. We had a team meeting on Friday and we're like, okay, what do we need to do now for growth and sustainability? And I'm just going to be creating more meditations. I would love to write another book and and just focus on getting the message out there every single day. That's my focus on Beautiful. consistency. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you able to sit back and really acknowledge your celebrations and wins? Yes, I did it this morning. <laughs> what did that look like? It's just a moment of intense gratitude for how the hell did I get here? <laughs> and I don't I don't go a day. Oh, actually, maybe I do go a few days without it, but it always pops back again. The, oh my gosh, my life has changed so much and it took all of this hard work to get here and it was worth every single moment of heartache. Mm, oh my God, that is so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's gorgeous. The mess turns into the message. What are some of your morning rituals and routines? And if it's not morning, then what are some of your, your rituals and routines that help to keep you lit? Oh, joy every single day or laughing. I love to laugh. <laughs> I, love, I love spending time with my kids. Mm. I mean, with, with my two little ones, they are so funny right now. So they really light up a room with so much joy. How so old really are the little ones? This. Uh, Lulu is four and Ava is two. So you have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and how old are the other ones? 13 and nearly 18. Oh my goodness. How fun. Yeah. So we've got the full spectrum of parenting going on right now, but there's never a dull moment and there's always something to creatively challenge me. And that's what I really love. The fact that that's my daily ritual, that every single day I need to do something that's of impact, whether it's a social media post or connecting with one of my students, uh, just to comment. It, it, I mean, I'm doing exactly the same thing I was doing 10 years ago when I was honoring other people's journey and stories because That's we beautiful. all want to feel heard. We want to feel heard. I believe yeah. that. And now I think for me, at least, what I'm championing is people want to be seen. They're afraid to be seen, right? Going back to your whole, oh, it looks so perfect. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. It's perfectly edited and even produced for social media, for example, or a pre-recorded video that's been uploaded and it's gorgeous and the composition is perfection. But it's like, what if we just <laughs> let ourselves rip and we don't hide and we allow ourselves to be seen? I think there's so much magic in there. I've watched it happen for so many people. I love that. And I love that you just talk about how can you serve? And it reminds me of my very favorite page of Dear Universe, which is page 200, and it's on Gracious. And it says, Dear Universe, how can I be of service today? How can I help inspire others through your divine grace? 
Mm-hmm. It just takes so much pressure off. And I love that. So even as my, my single friends, as you're going to bed or whether you're married and in the love of your life relationship, but you want to manifest as something else and you're going to sleep and you're, you're taking on Sarah's words for asking the universe to show you, you know, like what is next, right? Or show me in my dreams, show me a sign that I'm on the right track or what might need to be done next, right? For whatever that manifesting is. And then when you surrender and fully let go, then just allow the divine grace to flow through you. So that then you can just remain curious about what it might show up as or who it looks like or what that next collaboration might be because there's opportunities all the time. The magic is everywhere. And that's what you teach. That's what you show us. That's what you embody. And it's so beautiful. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to help my listeners find more fulfillment in life because I think so many people know how to create a lot of success, but they don't always know how to enjoy the fulfillment of whatever they've created, which is why I asked you, can you? And you you shared, yes, I did it this morning even. That's so beautiful. But everyone has a different definition of fulfillment. What is yours? Fulfillment, knowing that you've tried your best and that your heart's in the right place. Mm, that's beautiful. Not- it's not complicated. It's really simplified. <laughs> it's not complicated. And how do you know that you your heart is in the right place? What is? How would you describe that? I feel, because I don't think it's a thinking process, I feel like I've got a great relationship with who I am and that I'm comfortable in my decisions and that I trust that my higher self as well as my conscious mind is making decisions that are for the highest good, the mm-hmm. greater good. Beautiful. That's just, it's just a heart driven life and Mm -hmm. it's, it's flow. Yeah. You've constantly talked about staying in joy and gratitude and keeping yourself open and mixing things up and not being attached and surrendering. I mean, this is how the law of attraction works. You know, you can get clear on how you want to feel about something, but then let it all go and just stay Mm -hmm. open and curious. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) It's not very difficult. It's so simple. When we overthink it, we get so stuck in our heads. So, and that's what I love about this whole conversation. It's like, get out of your head. Don't try to figure out the ABCs, the one, two, three. Okay, if I just do this little hack, then I'm going to do it. It's like, just stay open and in your heart and then everything else will appear in divine right timing. That's what you teach. Yeah, just give yourself a moment if you're not okay with that as well, because sometimes the plan can deviate and you react or you get emotional or sad or distressed. It's okay. And it's all part of the plan. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that you'll be able to look back later and connect those dots and know that it was there to serve you, to grow you, to teach you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so beautiful. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's been such a joy. And I'm so excited about this conversation going out to my listeners. And I'm so, I'm in awe of what you're creating. And I can't wait to see what you create next. I want everyone to go check out the show notes. Gotta pick up Dear Universe. Follow the hashtag Dear Universe on all social media, specifically Instagram, and see some of the most incredible testimonials and tributes to Sarah's work. I mean, Sarah, you're an angel, and I just appreciate you so much. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This was such a fantastic conversation. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.